listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. I did feel isolated on my journey. And every group that I tried, it was not hitting the spiritual spot for me. So when I found Rising Above and I joined your group, it became a whole nother extended family for me. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us this week. As you well know, summer can be a stressful time for our families when our kids are out of school for the summer and they're out of their routines. But did you know that we have a resource on the Rising Above app that is designed to help calm your mind and settle your thoughts, especially on those really, really hard days. It's called Respite for Your Mind. And there you will find audio reminders to help you refocus on God's truth. You know, I love hearing from parents who share with us how using Respite for Your Mind on a regular basis helps to calm their mind, and brings peace in the chaos. So be sure to download the Rising Above app wherever you get your apps and take a respite for your mind. Now, one of the suggestions for a topic for our summer series on the podcast was how to have a social life as a parent of a child with disabilities. You know, for so many of us, the day-to-day needs of our kids makes it challenging to find time for a social life outside of our family. And so my friends, Katie Whitmire and Brittany Blackburn are joining me this week as we talk about ways that we can create space in our lives for community and friendships. We had such a great conversation and I know that you will love hearing some of the things that they had to share. Well, hello, Brittany and Katie. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm excited to have this conversation because actually, Katie, when we were looking for different topics for our summer series, this was the topic that you recommended. So I said, okay, well, let's come have this conversation. So thank you both for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. Thank you for asking. It's an honor to be here. Well, you guys are near and dear to my heart because you are two of our community group leaders. Uh, Brittany, you lead a group on Monday evenings. And Katie, you lead a group on Monday during the day. And we'll talk about that here at the end. But I just am so grateful for you and your willingness um, to give of your time to love and serve the moms who come to your groups. And you know, you both have been on the podcast before. And so people can go back and listen to those episodes to kind of get more of the backstory about you guys and know more about you. But what we want to talk about today is something that I think so many families who have children with disabilities face on a daily basis. And that is how in the world can we have a social life and maybe entertain, have people in our home when we have a child with special needs. You know, so much of our life is wrapped around therapies and going to doctors and appointments and all those things. And and some of us have kids who have behavior issues and it's hard for us to be able to go and do things. But it's so important for us to be able to be in community with other people, special needs families, not special needs families, but just be able to be with other people. And so Katie, I'm glad that you mentioned this topic. So let me just ask you, why was this something that you wanted to talk about, I mean, that you thought, okay, this would be a great podcast episode. Well, I honestly didn't think I had a social life. <laughs> so then when you asked me, I really got to thinking about it and I was like, okay, what is a social life? And the more I got to looking into it, I was like, okay, I do have a social life. Ah. It might just look a little different from mm. the average person. Yeah. So oh. that's kind of what prompted it. Yeah. So you were actually were able to look at your life and go, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I am doing more than I think that I am. So, and I know, you know, for you, Katie, in particular, you're a pastor's wife. Yes. And so you, you've, you, your life, you know, there's certain expectations that are put on you uh, being a pastor's wife that I'm sure will come into this conversation as we get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, today. But, you know, Brittany, when you were growing up, what did it, that look like for your family? When you, uh, did your family entertain a lot? Did you have people in your home? What did that look like for you growing up? Yeah, sure. So um, my family entertained quite a bit growing up. 
my parents, that was one of their highest values, I guess I would say, not entertainment necessarily, but just hospitality. And so Mm -hmm. our home was always open. I mean, we were the house that was hosting the baby shower um, when there was a need. We were hosting the wedding shower when there was a need. We were having our weekly life group, community group um, in our home. So lots of people coming in and out, you know, when there was, when someone needed a place to stay, we were the one offering a room. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was a high value driven into us from an early age, just the importance of being hospitable and like opening your home and sharing life with others. And so it was um, a big part of my growing up. Yeah. And my story is very similar to that. That's how it was for me growing up as well. I mean, we we had company in our home all the time. The, the the different things were hosted in the home, you know, that I grew up in and the door was always open. We always had people spending the night with us and different things like that. And so one of the things that my mom really did teach me well was how to entertain and, and how to be hospitable and how to have people into your home. And I'm really grateful for that because uh, it really, as I grew into adulthood, was very impactful for me to have that taught to me uh, growing up. So Katie, what was it like for you? It was kind of the same. My Both my grandfathers were pastors. And so we were always at the church. And anytime there was a need, um, you know, just like Brittany said, we were the ones hosting for this and hosting for that and arranging things, you know. Um, we, a couple times during my growing up years, we took families into our home um, that they needed a safe place to go. And that's where they came. So it's kind of like one of those things, like Brittany said, where you just, you kind of grow into it and you're like, okay, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And not everybody grew up in a home like that. There are some people who are probably listening or thinking, okay, that does not even compute with me at all. Like my family, we didn't do that. And so we're hopefully throughout this conversation going to give some things that might help you uh, know how you can be hospitable in your own home, even as a special needs family. And so, you know, think back to your life, pre-kids, you know, maybe newlyweds, you're just starting off. What did it look like for you at that point? Did you enjoy having, did you and your husband enjoy having people in your home? How did you um, show hospitality to others before kids uh, in your early part of your marriage? Brittany, what about you? So we um, definitely did. You know, I will say, so just know anytime I'm speaking on this topic, um, I love hospitality, but um, all the details that come with it is not my gifting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mm, that part of it um, can be a little bit stressful for me. Um, It's not Mm -hmm. my gifting, but um, hospital, I mean, we had um, people in our home. We had church friends over, we went and did things with friends. I mean, we really did try, um, you know, we had an, a nice active social life pre-kids. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we, um, it was a high priority, I would say for us to have people in our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Katie? We lived so far away from like civilization, if you will. <laughs> it, it really wasn't, but we were probably 25 minutes from town. And so people didn't just come out mm, to our house. Right. Um, we would have, you know, like Brittany said, we would have some friends from church. We would, there were other like newly wed couples and we would get together, but we got pregnant on our honeymoon. So oh, we had wow. a really short <laughs> wow. before kids. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. There you go. So not a lot of time uh, just being newlyweds to do those kinds of things. So Wow. Well, you know, for Jeff and myself, it, we both grew up with parents who were very hospitable, always had people in their homes. So that's that was instilled in both of us. And so we loved having people in our home, you know, hosting different groups from church in our home. We even uh, started when we, we first moved to Cookville, a supper club where different couples, there were like six to seven couples, and we would once a month get together for, for a 
we called it gourmet, our gourmet group, That because that's what Jeff's parents had a gourmet group and that's what they called it. So we were like, okay, we're adults now. We'll have our own group, you know, and you'd pull out your china and your crystal and all the things that are now packed away in my storage building, you know, and that's the only time they ever got used was when we hosted the group at our house. But it was so fun and I, it was so fun to have people in and entertain and and I'm not a great cook. For me, Brittany, I... You, know, you were saying the fine details, that's not you. Mine's the cooking part. Like I can set a great table. I love setting a table and just the, when it's all, everything's laid out and it's so pretty and all that. But do not ask me to cook <laughs> because that's not going to go so well. But, you know, it's fun. It's fun to get it all together. But, you know, then John Alex came along and I became a mom and you guys became moms. And so how did you see things shift when... You become a mom, you know, we've got new responsibilities, new things. How did, how did things then shift for you guys? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, that natural shifting that comes when you become a parent, whether special needs or not, right. You, um, you don't have as much time. It's harder to be spontaneous, right. I think that was Mm -hmm. one of the, um, harder things, adjustments for me was just, you know, can't just on a whim go do go here, go there, you know, inviting people over or whatever. So, um, that piece was a little hard, but, um, yeah, it's just, it just looked different. I mean, um, having to plan farther in advance, right. And then you add Mm -hmm. in all the special needs that, that came with, um, with Clara's birth. And then, you know, it's time and energy too, because now we have three OT appointments a week and then we have this appointment and then this doctor's appointment and this follow-up. And then you're like, well, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm up for having somebody in my house on Friday night when I'm just ready to go to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Katie, what about you? That's really awesome. I'm like, <laughs> I totally relate <laughs> with Brittany. Um, ours became more of, we would have families from church that we would get together with and that would become our social life at the time. Um, because the church that we were going to before my husband took on this pastor job, it was really close to our house. And we had um, some other couples that were around our same age, been married about as long as we had. And they had kids around our kids ages because we have four. So there's a good age span. And so we would just get together with them and it, a lot of times it was at our house just because my kids could be with um, all the things that they're familiar with and it wouldn't be so stressful for them going to a new place and not knowing, you know, where's the bathroom or where can I find this or where can I find that? So we would do a lot of the, hey, just come to our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, when you think back to those days, maybe newlywed days, and how different they are now. What are, what is it that you miss most from those early days compared to where where how maybe how your life looks now? Yeah, I think for me it's just like I mentioned earlier, just the being able to be so spontaneous, you know, mm-hmm. with plans yeah. or gatherings or reaching out to friends and that type of thing. I think that's what I miss the most because you know, obviously now that looks a lot yeah. different. Um, it takes a lot more. I mean, sometimes there's that spontaneous get together, right? And sometimes that works, but for the most part, it um, has to be more planned out and more in advance and mm-hmm. um, thought through. Yeah. So I miss that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, me too. You know, just like being able to go, oh, let's just go out to dinner or, hey, let's call so-and-so and let's go have dinner with them. That just right. doesn't, that doesn't right. happen. Yeah. Katie, what, what about for you? I think I honestly miss just being able to go out with my husband and maybe some mm-hmm. other couples yeah, and just having adult time mm-hmm. because we're constantly with our kids yeah. and it's like, when do you get to have adult conversation? Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. yeah. So when you do have people into your home or you're, or you're, you know, wanting to, to go do something with other couples or, you know, with other friends, what are some of the obstacles that you encounter like we said, the spontaneity is just, that's just not really going to happen for us in our world. What are some of the other things you have to look at when you're, when you're wanting to do something? 
Yeah, I think it's, well, right with our situations, especially with having children with disabilities, special needs, various special needs. Um, you know, I think now it's um, finding that right helper, babysitter, right? Mm-hmm. Which that sometimes yeah. takes more time than it would mm-hmm. if, um, you know, we had a house full of typical kiddos. Um, I would imagine it would maybe be a little bit different, a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, really thinking through that and finding a, a good fit, the right fit. Yeah, most definitely. Katie, is there anything for you guys that, that it's kind of like an obstacle, something that, that prevents you from being able to um, maybe make that happen so you and your husband can go be with other couples, other young, you know, other families who get your life or even just friends from church or whatever? Definitely. Like, I mean, Brittany's, she's spot on with my family as well, because my youngest daughter, she, for the longest time after she was born, she wouldn't even go to my husband. And then she finally went to my mother-in-law. She wouldn't go to my father-in-law. So it's like making sure that they're okay with whoever you bring in to watch Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And then even if we go to someone else's house for a play date, like I always have to think about, are we going to have a meltdown? Mm -hmm. Because there's too much going on. Mm -hmm. Or like I have one son and three daughters. And if we go to a house full of boys, I know that one of my daughters with special needs is going to become very overwhelmed because things are too rough for her. And she's liable to have a meltdown. So Mm. you have to like think through all of that ahead of time. And I guess that way, is it worth Mm. going Mm -hmm. or is it worth you saying, hey, you know what? Why don't we hang out at my place or why don't we go to the park? Yeah. Yeah. So true. So many, there's just so many variables. And like, even for us, like now, um, and even when Jeff was here, you know, Jeff was in a wheelchair the last part of his life. So I had John Alex in a wheelchair, Jeff in a wheelchair. And people, we, you know, we would be invited to someone's home, but you had to go, uh, can we even get in? Is it accessible? Can we even make it there? And so, you know, there's just so many things that come into play for our families that make it extra challenging to do this. But we all know how important it is to be in community. We all know how important it is for us to be feeding that part. You know, we are special needs parents. We are raising children with disabilities, but we have to also feed that part of who we are as well, that we need to be with other adults <laughs> and and have that fellowship mm-hmm. with other people. And so let's spend a few minutes just kind of looking at some of the different families, types of families that, that you know, that are there and what, what are some ways that uh, we might be able to encourage them to, to be in community, to find ways to have a social life outside of their children uh, and, and their day-to-day responsibilities of raising their children. So, you know, you guys are both married. Um, how do you make time to have date nights? How do you make time to be able to... Okay, Katie is laughing. So there's going to be a story here. But, you know, that's an important thing. You know, when Jeff and I, when Jeff was alive... Um, we would oftentimes, it would be during lunch, we would go because John Alex was in school, he would be cared for then. And we would go to lunch. But I can tell you, we used to go to Longhorns Mm -hmm. for lunch. That was our favorite spot to go. Katie's going, yes. So we would go to Longhorns. And I cannot tell you how many times we would sit down at Longhorns, we would order our food, and then a text would come in from school and something had happened at school. And we had to go to, you know, we had to go get John Alex. And so we would, we would be like, we'd go and we'd sit. And it would be like, okay, you know, you're looking at your phone and going, are we going to get through a meal or not? You know, but that was how we found it. Because then we didn't have to worry about a, a caregiver in the evenings because we try to go at lunch. So Brittany, what about you guys? What have you and your husband, what do you do to make time for you and your spouse to be alone? Okay, I love this. So um, back in 2015, my husband and I, uh, we got to the end of that calendar year. And that was a hard year for us in general, just a lot of grief and loss that year. But that said, we got to the end of that calendar year and we looked up and we were like, we maybe had one date night mm. all year, one, right? And we're like, this cannot, 
this is not going to work. Like we cannot keep doing this year after year after year. So what is it going to take? And for us, it took getting a babysitter and uh, having like a, a recurring date night on the calendar every single month, same night of the month, same time on the babysitter's calendar and on mm. our calendar. And so the first Friday of every month, six o'clock, the babysitter was going to come. So for 2016, we started that and we're still mm. doing that new babysitter. You know, we've yeah. shifted through you because they've, you know, moved on and their natural life transitions, but we're still doing that. And for us, it took like, we have got to just be purposeful and get it on the calendar. Yeah. And half the time we honestly don't even have a plan, you know, like, <laughs> but we just know yeah. uh, Alexandra or Bella is coming over at six o'clock on Friday night. And so we're out of here. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's hard. And to that, I'll say, you know, that's tricky for a lot of moms. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was hard for me at first because you have, um, you know, this, these, we have our kids with special needs and they have all these medical needs or physical needs, or, you know, you have Clara who needs full-time care. And, um, you know, so that means the babysitters wiping her bottom and, mm -hmm. you know, helping feed and like doing all those things. Right. Sometimes I think, it's hard for us to let go and entrust that mm -hmm. right to yeah. somebody else because we're, we think we're the only ones that can do it. Mm -hmm. And right. And a lot of times that's just not true. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of times it's just not true. And so that said, it might just know it's not going to always go perfectly. You know, it might not be perfect. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes even now, like my babysitters are amazing and something will be forgotten. Or something, you know, there will be a little thing here or there, but overall, there mm. is good. Yeah. You know, the kids are fine. They're good. And mm. so that was something that just really helped us. Um, getting it on the calendar set every month, no exceptions. And then uh, just working on letting go of some of that control. Yeah, right. That is good and, because I, I love that you're very intentional about it. It's going to be planned out. It's going to be on the calendar. Yeah, that's the only way it happens. Yeah. Because it just was, it just wasn't happening, and it, it's just the only way it happens. And so, you know, we're like, if we get one date night a month, every month, hey, that's mm -hmm. we're good. Yeah. Well, and I also love that you the part about the control because mm -hmm. you know it's so easy to want to expect people to do like how we do as moms. That's just not going to happen, you know. And so then you could get really quickly in that mindset of it's just not even worth it. They're not going right. to do it the way I want right. it. And, and and to be able to just, like you said, let go of some of that and go, you know what? As long as they're yeah. safe and they're good and they're cared right. for, then we're good. Right. And what is the trade-off? Mm -hmm. The trade-off is we are getting, you know, one-on-one -on -one time with our spouse that we yeah. so deeply need that's going to fill us up in a different way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think... That's, that's been the biggest thing for us is just being purposeful. And I know not, you know, maybe there's families out there or, you know, someone who's like, well, I can't get a babysitter. Like that would be not in our financial means. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, to that, I would say maybe, and we've done this before, like in the earlier days, you know, when um, finances were more tight, we would swap with another mm, family. That's a good idea you'd swap with another family. And so, you know, we're not paying each other. It's just like one night a month. Hey, well, y'all, can we bring our kids to you? Or can mm -hmm. you come to our house and bring your kids? Right. And we'll go out for a couple hours, have dinner, run an errand or whatever. And then next month we're coming to your house. We're bringing our kids. We're watching your kids and you all get to go out yeah. and just that swap. And that, um, you know, just trying to think through other mm -hmm. options to make your relationship a priority. Yeah. Um, and that's one way to do it if if finances are, you know, a little more tight. Mm -hmm. Katie, do, what do you, about you and your husband? Well, when our kids were in school, we took every Friday and we went to Dunkin' Donuts and we would get <laughs> a donut. <laughs> and that would be our date. It might have been an hour together. Mm -hmm. Love it. But that would be it. That would be about the only way we could get out. And mm -hmm. we would take little Leonora with us because she's, she's getting ready to be two. And she would tag along and just think it was fun that she got a donut. But 
that would be our time where we got to catch up about things that were going on in the mm-hmm. family and, you know, who needs to know what. And now that it's summer, <laughs> we haven't been able to go get mm-hmm. donuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to regroup, huh? Figure that out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love, I, I love when I hear about couples who do, you know, they do a date night at home. It's like, okay, the kids are in bed. So maybe Katie, you're out running around and you pick up a donut, you know, you're going to have it at night. It's like, okay, I'm going to meet you on the back deck. We'll watch the stars yeah. and have our donut. You know? Yes. Well, we did too. Every year, Aaron and I like to go to the um, Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage mm-hmm. Conference. Yeah. And that is our, we don't, we stayed the night one year, and now that we have four kids, we don't stay the night. Yeah. We go just on the one Saturday and go to all the different conferences they have, and it's just really encouraging. And that's the time that we really get to talk about what do we want our year to look like mm-hmm. coming up. And yeah. so I think that's one of my favorite times that we have together. Yeah, that's good. Well, what about with other couples? Do you ever have opportunities to get to be with other couples uh, special needs or not, you know, special needs families or not. Do you have opportunities to do that? Yeah. So one thing, some nights will, you know, that once a month date night that we have, that's all just on the calendar. Sometimes, you know, we'll say, oh, you know, hey, we haven't really spent time with these friends or, you know, this group or, you know, whatever. And so sometimes we'll reach out and say, hey, we have a babysitter coming this Friday night. Would y'all be free to, you know, could y'all find a sitter? We could all go out or, you know, whatever. So we'll do it that way. But another way is, respite nights or mm-hmm. respite, um, yeah. just respite opportunities within the community. I know our church offers them um, semi-regularly. And then I know of several churches in the area that do a once a month respite. Um, sometimes it's at night and then sometimes it's like on a Saturday morning. Um, and so we have taken advantage of those. And, you know, we'll, we'll reach out to friends and say, Hey, I know this is like a really weird time and it might not work for you, but you know, we have Mm -hmm. respite care Saturday morning, you know, 10 to 12 or 10 to one or whatever it is. And would y'all want to go grab, you know, a quick meal and just chat for a little bit. So we, so we do try to um, take advantage of those respite opportunities. And I think you can use those if, if you can find it to Mm -hmm. whether you need a date night or whether you, um, whether you need, uh, you know, time with friends, you can kind of, or just one-on-one with a girlfriend if you wanted to. Okay. So what about just going and doing things with friends? Are you able to do that with other, other moms or other female friends? Or do you have opportunities to do that, to go have a social life, go have dinner with a friend? How do you make that happen? I know we just recently went on a camping trip And we invited a family from our current church and a family from the church that we used to attend. And none of them have special needs kids, but it was so much fun. And I'm like, even though we can't consistently do time together with people, we love to go camping and Mm -hmm. take people with us and just have a few days where you just really get to spend time with just these certain people. You know, it's like really intimate and a whole lot of fun and all the kids play with each other. And so that's kind of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany, do you have time with girlfriends? So um, one thing I will do when, um, you know, just to have time with girlfriends to try to get creative is when if Brandon's working late or he's out of town, and this might be something that, you know, a single mom can implement as well, or just somebody that's trying to fight for time with their girlfriends is, um, you know, if Brandon's working later, he's out of town, I'll just invite a friend to come over to the house. And it's very simple. Um, you know, I'll, sometimes the girls are still awake. Sometimes I'll try to get them in bed early. And then me and my girlfriend will just sit on the couch and we'll just hang out and, um, just giving people the reminder and the permission that, you know, our time with our friends doesn't have to be like super fancy. It doesn't have to be like out at a restaurant. It can just be simple, right. like coming to my home. Like if the point is connection and time together and community, um, you know, for me, I just have to get creative sometimes about, okay, how can I make that happen in the reality of my life? And that looks like, you know, a lot of my friends can pop on over and come, come hang out with me on my couch. So I, I try to do that a lot. 
Yeah, it's just so important. And that's one of the things I do as well. I'll talk about that in a minute when we talk about kind of the single parent life, because um, yeah, you have to look at things differently, but there are ways to make it happen. And, you know, I think for women, it's so much easier. uh, I think a lot of times because we are very social beings. We want to be with other people, but sometimes for our, for their, our husbands and for the dads, it's more challenging. It's, it's, for some dads, it's harder to build those friendships. So how have you seen that in your, um, in your home with your husbands? Do they have outlets for social lives with other men or what does that kind of look like for you guys? And how do you encourage that as a wife? Yes. My husband being a pastor and he, he thinks he's an introvert, but he's really an extrovert. <laughs> he loves to talk to people. And um, he he likes to go to the church, and people will come to the church, and they'll just come talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he just loves that. So I think he gets a lot of his social stuff from the church. And that's I think I'm kind of the same way because, I mean, we're in ministry, so a lot of our time is spent at the church. and. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, I guess, socialize the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brittany, what about your husband? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think church provides a nice outlet for him. Um, you know, our church is pretty proactive in trying to plan, you know, like men's men's nights or men's events, that type of thing. Um, and then also, though, you know, like I would just try to encourage Brandon to, you know, I know it's sometimes maybe harder for men or it's just not as much on their radar for like having quality time together um, where, you know, us women tend to be a little more proactive and trying to find that, make that time, but not always, but you know, some, a lot of the time. So um, I'll just try to encourage him like, Hey, why don't you text the guys and see if y'all can go have dinner or go to a movie or, you know, go hang out, go do some guy stuff. Just trying to give him permission You know, because I think at least in our situation, sometimes he feels hesitant to do that because, you know, I'm home with the kids Mm -hmm. a lot by myself and he's working late. And so he doesn't want to spend more time away putting more on me. So it's just really giving him that permission. No, like, no, it's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. this is important for you, um, for you to get this bucket filled. Um, You know, it's just as important as it is for me. That's so great. And it's just so important. We all need to have that social life, be able to be in community with other people together and separate, you know, from our spouses. So I think, I think that's important to make space for that. And, you know, I obviously get it from the single parent life, the solo parent life. Um, and I know how hard it is for, for our listeners who are single moms or single dads mm-hmm. or solo parents and, and how you make that happen. Um, and again, for me, Brittany, it's very similar to you. I have people into my home it's so much easier for me to have mm-hmm. people in my home. And so we have set up our home to be able to be very welcoming to other people. We've created a space in our backyard with a fire pit and with swings and with, you know, we have a screened in porch where people can come. J.A. can be, have his, you know, do the things that he enjoys doing, but I can still have people into my home and, and, um, do do the fun things that I need to do for myself as well. But what I've done is I've gone from China to paper plates. You know, yes. like I don't yes. do, you know, I would now there not to say that I won't. If it's a special occasion, I will obviously pull out nicer things and it's more fun. And I do, I love to do that. But you can't do that on the you know, that that's not sustainable often. And so I'll right. just say, you know, look, refrigerator rights. If you come over to my house, you help yourself to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. If whatever you can find you want, you can have it. There are paper plates right here. I always have paper plates and cups and, you know, all, all the things to make it super simple. And so I've just kind of put some things in place so that at any point I can say, no, come to my house because so much easier. And my house has ramps. So if I ever have a mom who's coming or a friend who's coming who might be bringing their child, uh, it's like, no, you can get in my house. We're, we're handicap accessible. So come on over. <laughs> but it's so important. So do you have some tips uh, for things that you do to invite people into your space, into your home? So I think, um, first of all, I do work on my mindset, mm. which is, 
just to lower my expectations. And that sounds a little negative, but for me, that's actually very helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, like having people over, it's never going to be, and this is for all of us, right? But like, it's never going to go perfectly. It's never going to be a perfect scenario. Like something will go wrong. Your child will have a meltdown or have a moment mm-hmm. or, you know, in our case, soil her clothes. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> no, know, totally, right? Yes. Well, uh, the living room yeah. with your company there. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of lowering those expectations as you go into it has been really good for me. Like it's okay. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Like people aren't coming here for perfect. Right. Um, and then, like you said, it is so much, this is easier for me, honestly, than other people's homes because our home is our safe space and it's Clara's safe space. Like what you were saying, like it does feel much easier for me to have people over um, than going other places. Um, but like you, I just, I really keep it simple. I really keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Like it's paper plates, it's pizza yeah. or takeout, you know, and it's, it's all those things um, because I can get bogged down in the details mm-hmm. of it all. And um, that's more stressful to me than life giving. So and then also another thing that I've thought through is like Clara's best time of day, mm, yeah, you know, yeah, right. So when is she, you know, like just tapping into that for your child, like when is my child, you know, just generally more calm or the happiest or like what's her, you know, best time of day and then trying to plan around that. Um, so I try to keep that in mind. Um, and then one thing I'll say, and this I don't know, this This is not necessarily related to special needs, but um, just a word for anyone out there who lives in a small space, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because we have we live in a very small space. Um, I mean, we have a very nice home, but um, compared to others in our community, the majority, it's, it's much smaller. So I would just say, don't let the size of your house mm-hmm. keep yeah. you from inviting others in. Yeah. Um, that's been something I've really had to fight for and work, work through. And people, I have found that people do not care. People don't care, mm-hmm. um, you know, that they're using your daughter's bathroom because you don't have a guest bath. Right. Uh, people don't, people don't care that your living room is small. Like they just, it's just about the community. Mm-hmm. So I know, I don't know. That was just put on my heart to encourage somebody that, you know, people, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Couldn't agree more. So true. I mean, they're there for the fellowship and to be with, you know, to hang out and have conversations. And I think we put so many, especially as women, we put so many expectations on us about what we think, how things should be. You know, our Pinterest, Mm -hmm. we look at Pinterest or, you know, magazines and see how other people do. And it's like, you know what? If you come to my house, you're going to eat on a paper plate. And, but people don't care. People don't want that, uh, you know, to want it. They, they, there, there are times and places for that, but that's the majority of the time. That's not what they're coming for. So Katie, what are some of your tips for having people into your space? Well, I was raised where we would have like a five, 10 minute quick cleanup Mm. because after Sunday lunch, eating out, my dad would invite whatever missionary came to visit the church that day to the house and it wouldn't be clean. (laughs) And so I've learned how to do a fast clean. And so I try to teach my kids how to help clean real fast. And now we have a playroom. So I keep all their toys in the playroom, which really helps to keep the house tidy. And then another tip, I have to give my little sister credit for this because she's helped me with this. But I always have extra little drinks. Like, you know, they make the mm. mini sizes now. Mm-hmm. And so I have little drinks that I stash in the fridge and try to hide from my kids. And then I have like cheese and crackers that I'll keep on hand and like usually some fresh fruit. And that way, if somebody just pops by mm-hmm. unexpectedly, I'm prepared. Yeah. Because That's I hate good. when somebody shows up and I'm like, I have nothing to offer you but a dirty nothing. house. <laughs> Again, there's grace, right? But that's, yes. yeah, but that's a great, that's a great, those are great tips of things to have on hand. What about if you're going to somebody's house, somebody invites you, you know, how do we navigate that, you know, with our kids and special diets? And, you know, I know we moved into our brand new home years ago. This was years ago. We moved into a new neighborhood 
and our next door neighbors were so sweet and they invited us over to for dinner but they didn't know that we had a son with you know with disabilities and we were really nervous because it was like how are we going to and we were younger you know this was much we were much younger then it's like how are we going to navigate this and Jeff just went over and had a conversation with with the the husband out in the yard and said hey you know told him our story and said we're going to have to bring food for him because he's on a special diet and you know, and i think it's just that information ahead of time just kind of helped knock down all of that um, anxiety that maybe came along with that. But what are some of the things that that you, when you're invited into someone's home, what are some of the things that you do to help make this happen and work for your family? Katie? Well, I'll say we had just recently a play date with um, another family and they have a lot of dietary needs that I don't have stuff on hand for. And so the mom and I just talked and she's like, Anytime we come to your house, we'll bring snacks for our crew. And I was like, okay, I'll bring snacks for my crew. You know, like mm-hmm. it just understanding that I think helps so much. Like you said, it just takes the anxiety out of it and makes it more of a relaxing environment. Mm-hmm. But like Eva May, my second oldest, for example, she has issues with like rice. She can't seem to swallow rice. So mm-hmm. I'm like, anytime somebody wants to go out to eat, I'm trying to pre-plan ahead of time and be like, okay, we want this to be smooth. You know, we want people to Mm -hmm. want to invite us to things and not think that we can't go. So I try to pre-plan things ahead of time so that I can avoid disasters, especially Mm -hmm. in public. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our families are great at planning and being prepared. (laughs) Brittany, what about you? What about if you've been invited into someone's home? What are some of the tips that things you've put into place? My first tip (laughs) mentally, right, is lower my expectations. Mm -hmm. um, And just remember that we're going for the point is to like connection and putting ourselves out there. Progress, not perfection. Right. So just knowing like, okay, we're going to this thing. But like if we only last an hour, we only last an hour. And that's okay. Um, And then again, like what you were saying with John Alex, you know, just communicating in advance um, about needs. So, you know, an issue or something that might be hard for Clara, stairs can be really hard for her Mm. and can be uh, difficult. And a lot of our friends have two-story homes. So, you know, that's saying, hey, you know, we're so excited to come over Um, you know, and we just kind of explain the situation and is there any way we can, you know, block the stairs tonight, you know, just, just trying to communicate ahead of time Mm -hmm. that, you know, here's this thing. And that way it's just not a big deal when you get there and you've talked about it. And, um, and then another thing we do is just, I'm sure it's like every family, but just packing Clara's bag of comfort, Mm -hmm. you know, just packing, we have the headphones, we have the iPad fully charged. We have, um, food that she will eat. And um, those types, fidget toys and those types of things. Um, And then also, you know, just we always try to, when we go somewhere, we try to promote engagement. So we, we get Clara to say, hi, you know, Mm. you know, be kind and respectful, just like we would require of any child. Um, But also then be okay if she needs to have a little quiet, safe space and Mm -hmm. disengage. And that's okay. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay if she needs to sit in a corner on her iPad with her headphones on Mm -hmm. and while everybody else is doing their thing, that's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, giving ourselves grace, you know, putting ourselves out there is hard sometimes and and trying to, you know, some people may be listening and they're like, I don't have a space. I can't have people in my home. Like there's all, we can think of all kinds of excuses, you know, as to why, we can't. And, you know, but how do we then push, kind of push through that and and go, no, let's give it a try. You know, how do we give ourselves grace when things maybe don't go the way we want, but how do we push through? One thing that's really helped me with this whole idea, right, of giving yourself grace and just struggling with maybe guilt in different ways is I've just had to get really clear on what success looks mm, like for me. Yeah. Like, what is my definition of success? as a mom, as a special needs mom, you know, and all these different scenarios. And when you really pare it down and strip away a lot of the other stuff, right? Um, Like my definition is pretty simple. 
And so that has helped me kind of navigate letting a lot of it go. Yes. Letting go a lot of the guilt and the unnecessary, um, you know, just unnecessary feelings that we can sometimes throw on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. When, when things are harder, you know, then, um, so that's been helpful to me is just really, really drive that home. Like what is success to me Mm -hmm. as a mom, as a special needs mom? Yeah. Katie, do you have anything to add? I just like the whole idea of lowering your expectations Mm -hmm. because I think when you, when you don't set the bar high, then you feel like you accomplish something. And when you really look at it, you did, you accomplished going out with your kid and being hospitable or, you know, having people in your home, going to someone else's home, you accomplished something and, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy the time. That's that's the whole point. Right, right. Well, and I think too, you know, it's sometimes for some families, you know, it's hard. And we all go through seasons where, uh, you know, maybe our children have been ill or we just can't, we've been in and out of the hospital. We can't make that happen to maybe go out or have people in. But the beautiful thing is, is that here at Rising Above, we offer online options. And so, and like I said earlier on, Brittany, you and Katie both are community group leaders for us. And so just as we close out our time together, just if there's a, if there's somebody listening, who's like, I have zero friends, like I don't get to, you, know, you, this all sounds great. I would love to have a social life, but you have no idea what my life looks like. What would you say to them about coming to community, finding community in through one of our groups and what you have seen come out, the friendships and things that you have seen come out of that from your experience? Brittany, what would you say to that? I would say maybe as hard as it feels to take that first step, I would just so encourage you to take the step and join a group. We have such a fun, I, I can speak to my group, but our Monday night group is so fun, so laid back. Like this is um, like a very casual time of connection, mm-hmm. right? Like this is not um, this is not another stressor. Right. Um, and one one thing that I so admire the some of the women in my group, I admire all of them, but a few of them specifically joined for this very reason because they felt so isolated mm-hmm. and they were trying to take that step out of isolation towards community. And, um, just the relationships and the friendships that have bonded over zoom. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. We pray for each other. We text and check in with each other. I mean, we really have, um, formed deep friendships just from an online group Mm -hmm. and, um, and it's been, it's been wonderful. So I would encourage anybody to take that step. Mm -hmm. And you have found, I know in my group, I mean, we are, friends throughout the week. You know, we have a we have a chat that we have going on outside of our weekly meetings and and there there's funny things that happen in there. Moms share funny stories, moms share prayer requests. You know, it's just a, we are connecting all throughout the week in my group and even though I've never met some of these moms face to face, I mean, there's some of my, the dearest people in my life. Um, and Katie, you're in my Wednesday group, but you also lead our Monday group during the day. So what if, what have you seen from your experience, both being in a group and then leading a group? I will say that whenever I first started in your group, I had, I had previously been looking for a group that I could join that would encourage me because I did feel isolated on my journey. And every group that was local that I tried, it was not hitting the spiritual spot for me. So when I found Rising Above and I joined your group, it became a whole nother extended family for me. And like you said, we we all text each other throughout the week. And, um, you know, it's it's really great. And then it we were doing one group. And in that group, we were talking about finding ways to like basically kind of give back even in our situation. And that kind of encouraged me to reach out to you and say, hey, I would like to start a another community group if mm-hmm. you're willing. And so that's how I became a community group leader. And 
I love my little group that I lead too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're just a small group. We we just started this year, and I mean, we're we're all on so many different journeys, and we get to come together for an hour mm-hmm. once a week and just hang out with each other and say, you know what, I understand that it might not be the same thing, but I kind of get that. Mm-hmm. So important, and so you know whether you're able to try to find ways to invite people in your home or making ways for community, even if it's virtually and online, it's so important for us to not do this life alone. And so, you know, I just encourage our listeners, find some ways that you can be with other people, be in community with others, whether it's with our community groups or whether it is, you know, you you say, okay, I'm going to find one person and I'm going to invite them to coffee or I'm going to see if they can come over, you know, after the kids have gone to bed and we'll just sit and talk. It doesn't, you don't have to do anything. You can say, I, I heard someone say um, one time, she said, we would get together with friends and our rule was we served only water because we didn't want any pressure. And it was like, here's you a cup and here's you some water. And that's it because that's not, it's, it's not about that it's about being together and sharing and being in fellowship with each other. So whether that for you needs to happen virtually or whether that for you can happen in person, I would love to hear some different ways. I mean, that would be so great. So we'll post on social media um, after this, when this episode comes out for ways for you to share with us. How do you find ways to have being community? And if you're not, then I would encourage you to take the challenge and say, okay, I'm going to step out, whether it's I'm going to go invite another family to go join us at the park, or we're going to invite a mom to come over and have a cup of coffee, whatever that is for you, find a way to make it happen because it's so important. And uh, Brittany and Katie, I just want to thank you for your time. You guys are amazing. And I'm just so grateful for you and for all you do for Rising Above and the moms that you love and serve. And so thank you guys. And uh I hope to get to like be with you guys and maybe we can have a cup of coffee together someday. That'd be great. Yes. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.